I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The COB is presented by Rabobank. Awarded 2023 SMSF Savings Bank of the Year by Mozo. Good afternoon. This is the COV, all the stuff you need to know in the day in business and markets. I'm Kyle Rutter with Danny Akuye. Uh, Danny, we've uh, managed to string together two days in a row of gains. Woohoo, we are. Currently, the ASX will have it up just over half a percent, or about 38 points, and the SIBO 200 and Ditto just up over half a percent, or 7.4 points. Indeed, and uh, I think pretty close to that 7200 level, so psychological round numbers are 7197. Uh, Can I give yes. you a, one of my like just pieces of personal trivia? Yeah. 7197 was the high before the uh, pandemic hit in February 2020. God, you've got a good memory. Well, no, I've, I'm sorry, I've just been traumatised. <laughs> I think it's just sort of been burnt into my head. But uh, anyway. Long, oh, well, we need our dividends short. if that's where we're back to. Back yeah, I know. <laughs> Three years and here we are. Um, minus. Let's have a look at them because that's where the market saw a lot of the strength coming through, at least underpinned. Uh, a lot of the market strength today. Fortescue Metals rebounding 2%. So back above that $20 per share mark, despite perhaps some actually uh, broker downgrades and the like yeah, coming through absolutely. after yesterday's results. But um, obviously the retail crowd certainly love buying the dips on that thing. Um, but BHP and Rio also higher. South 32 and Energy Play, despite some of the issues going on in the energy markets at the moment, uh, off by 0.6%. I want to look at the retailers though, because consumer discretionary was also where some West strengths could be found. Farmers has really been on quite a run since their results. Yeah, um, fascinating uh, set of numbers, I suppose. But I was, you, you got to talk to Rob Scott, didn't you? I did indeed. Did you speak much about kind of just the power of being a conglomerate, I guess? Did, did, did you make much yep. mention of that? Yep, he did, it's absolutely. Like back to yeah. the future, isn't it? Where <laughs> a lot of these companies. Back in the good old days when I was, was an analyst and they had a conglomerate. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. What um, is really interesting, apart from the fact, I'm not surprised the consumer has traded down and Kmart is doing well and Target's doing well. Their new pharmaceutical business that bought, um, that Silk. is really bit. No, 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 Different. no. The um, Is it the Priceline Chemists? I've right. got to check. That is a really, really big business with a mm. really big growth engine. But. Um, yeah, they are a classic defensive positioned company for a downturn. Yeah, indeed. Okay, so up 3% there, $53.55. Uh, let's get a look at another page of retailers here. And uh, also a mixed bag. Again, the consumer discretionary sector did finish higher for the day, but I'm um, a little bit more mixed across retailers that we do follow. Super Retail up 7 tenths percent. LaVisa down by approximately the same amount. Babcor, Accent, and Mixed Gali as well. The, the latter down by 0.29%. Um, but let's get across the three themes for the day, mm-hmm. shall we? And well, we're getting towards the end of reporting season now. Mm-hmm. I suppose the uh, the final stretch, really, or the final countdown. I won't sing it for you, um, but only a few days away. And I guess we're all now just sort of picking through the, um, you know, I guess uh, rubble, if you can call it that. What do you mean, the last the companies reporting? Well, yeah, and just I suppose just. 
digesting the results. So the, yeah, I mean, well, I think we'll discuss in more detail with yeah. Martin, so won't dive into it, but definitely cautious outlook from companies and they've paid out less in dividends mm. this year compared to the profits. So looks like me, they're, they're, they're stashing some cash away mm. and it could be a strategic decision, bolster the balance sheet. They might want to be able to make acquisitions should, you know, some opportunities come their way or just general uncertainty about where the economy is going. There you go. Um, also spoken already about cyclicals left. That was the area of the market that we saw most of the strength. Dis- consumer discretionary miners, a little bit of energy here Gold and there. Gold was strong today. Gold was strong. A little less strong, uh, I guess, volatility across the, the, the underlying gold price yep. um, after the weekend. Um, and higher for longer. We'll be talking about that because that's going to remain a theme despite the fact that markets seem to be fairly comfortable with that narrative for the time being. But um, let's get across the earnings of the day. Mm-hmm. Star rose uh, about 5% at different stages, but uh, well, did report a $2.43 billion net loss uh, that was driven by obviously the fines and all the costs associated with, uh, well, I don't know if malfeasance is uh, too strong a world, certainly um, some naughty behavior, if nothing else from the company, um, regulatory risks there, but um, the underlying uh, earnings pulse, if you will, uh, wasn't too bad. Revenue uh, seemed to be fairly solid and did lift. Um, so the stock was up by a fraction, I think, by the end of the day. 2%. There you go. Not too bad. Nothing to say. Well, there's at. a lot of bad news discounted in at this stage. The government, yeah. basically, state government came in and gave it, you know, dispensation to keep the business going because they didn't want it to go under. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, there you go. There's, there's Star's results. Uh, Tyro was another that we were keeping an eye on today. Uh, there we go. Statutory net profit of $2.46 million. Um, uh, FY23. That's up 14%. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a real shining light. Um, I guess it's probably another one that sort of um, had problems. Yeah, yeah, mm. but um, I don't know. Maybe the hopes of the sort of dirty laundry being sort of taken out or cleaned or something of the source, and uh, maybe at an inflection point here for for Tyro. But um, another company, Average. This wasn't a good story, if uh, if I'm not mistaken. I think the uh, company. Share price was down for the day despite posting, well, modest lift in profit yeah, and uh, down, a jump in revenues. Down 15%. So for some reason it rallied quite strongly, um, you know, over the last few months because they have had some pretty poor announcements. But uh, clearly the market didn't like it again. No dividend declared. Yeah, yeah. Um, making sure it's sort of keeping capital oh, spare right. for that um, yeah, Kanana project. So, Which has been so ongoing. Yeah, right. Okay. Cost there you go. Arts, Great project. Over half complete. Um, so, as we said, down by almost 15% today was Adbury. Uh, Zip, always uh, very, I suppose, um, uh, friendly with us. Um, managed to get the CEO on earlier today um, and have a chat with uh, us on the small caps. Mm-hmm. But um, another stock to, to rise slightly, again, beaten up, buy now, pay later. It's certainly out of vogue, what it has been for some time. The results weren't stellar, but the loss was, uh, the loss was narrowed to $400 million uh, and the revenues were up 690, uh, to $693.2 million. Um, so the share was higher, I think, by 4.5%. Yep. There you go. And stock of the day was mineral resources. So, uh, yes, that was what we discussed. Okay. Yeah. Well, they reported today as well. They did report today. And I mm. think the stock was up by about 5% in early trade. So uh, let's get a view Close from to, our... Sorry, go on. Sorry, almost 8%. Wow. Yeah. So Francesco De Strada, um, we had on as well as Michael Gable, who gave their view on mineral resources. Uh, 
services company Indeed. as well. So there's a lot, <laughs> a lot to this company, more than people um, I'll give it credit for, I suppose. Um, and um, look, we, we have a whole recommendation on it at Audubonet, but um, I'd be probably a little bit more positive personally, um, just looking at um, some of the um, numbers that are coming out of the company. Um, um, the, the important thing to look at from a, the lithium point of view is the lithium earnings um, for FY22 uh, to uh, FY23 is more than doubled. Mm. Um, now, I'm not expecting it to do that again into FY24, but we're still expecting a, a good jump in earnings out of the lithium division. Uh, Look, share price reaction today, as I was coming into the studio, the share price was up about 6%. The volumes going through had already well exceeded all of yesterday. So it's going to be a big day in min res. So you've got this situation of the share price Having pulled back on sentiment and a few other concerns, technically it was right at those levels where we, where it peaked a few mm. times in 2021, 2022. So this was where it needed to, to bounce and it's delivered in terms of the result, the volumes coming back in. So look, I like the stock. I've been buying more of it as, as recently as just this morning on, on the back of that result. So to me, it looks like a bit of a turnaround, a bit of a relief. Um, and I think there's more upside from here. So I also was having a chat with Sean Hickman from Market Matters today, who was sort of talking about that, um, well, they bought uh, 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 mineral resources on a dip that they thought mm-hmm. well, uh, was, was sort of coming and never really materialized. But um, it was an interesting one because despite the fact that we had a bit of a pickup in lithium stocks at different stages, a recovery in iron ore, there was the China reopen um, narrative that's happened, what, four times now, mineral resources seem to ignore it through this whole process. But mm. I don't know, maybe something of an inflection point here. It, well, certainly, that's what the two guests thought. Mm. So it was our first double Y of the day on right. the call. So that was rather exciting. Yeah, they both think you could be buying the stock at these okay. levels. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that inflection point's here. Perhaps we'll get a view on that from our guest, Martin Crabb from Shore & Partners, joins us at the desk. Uh, Martin, uh, do you have a view on mineral resources by any chance? Yeah, we own it in our, uh, our large cap growth portfolio. I think mm. it's, you know, the, the MD Chris Ellison's done an outstanding job of building this company up to be, you know, one of the leaders. Um, the two the two commodities it's, both, it's most known for, iron ore and, and lithium have been in and out, obviously, as we talked about, and obviously there's an exposure to China in there. But it's worth remembering that unlike Rio, BHP and Fortescue, which have very low cost iron ore operations, mm. Minres is about 70 bucks a ton, I think, mm. to dig it out of the ground. So they're a very marginal producer. They make lots and lots and lots of money when we're at 100 buck, 120 US, whatever we are. As the iron ore price comes down, they'll probably get hit harder than most. So the company's done an excellent job of diversifying away from the iron ore operations. They've got a um, mining services mm. business that's flying, the lithium stuff we know about. Um, and the result was, I wouldn't say it smashed it out of the park, but it was above expectation. So a feature of mining results has been blowout in costs and, and management really trying hard to rein the costs in, but probably struggling. Whereas I think MinRes probably did a little bit of a better job on that front. So hence the upgrades today. And as your chart showed, the stock's down 40, 50% mm. from its highs. So it's come back a long way. And I just think, yeah, maybe maybe it's time to put a little bit of marginal dollars. We're, we're not favourable about the iron ore space. We think mm. it's, we think it's you know, come a, a, a correction. 
we've been saying that for four years now, but um, <laughs> it'll it'll eventually happen. happen yeah. Um, yeah, but I think Minres is a good way to, it's kind of a good hedge way to play. You get a little bit of iron ore, get a bit of mining services, which is booming. And then longer term, you get, you get exposure to battery raw materials, which is what everyone wants. Absolutely. Mm. Let's switch tax. So we had Powell on the weekend, yeah. the Jackson Hole Symposium. Is it high for longer or higher for longer? Yeah, I think, it, I think it's high for longer. So, I mean, everyone, not everyone watches these, you know, these things are a little bit dull, but I actually tortured myself on Saturday before the footy and, watch, and actually watched the speech. And what I took away was interesting is that he split inflation up into three buckets, one being traded goods inflation, which is under control, it's coming down, tick. The other is housing housing services, which he said, look, we look at the market rents and, and they're coming down, so tick. It's the last bucket, which is non-housing services, is very interest rate insensitive. And I think they want to squeeze every drop out of that by leaving rates higher. So they realise it's not interest rate sensitive, but they need to keep rates higher for longer to squeeze any juice that's left in that. So that's the bit that's wages related. So if you think it's it's service related industries, it's things like um, you know health insurance and, and eating out and all those other mm. things, which are very wage dependent. So. They're just worried about this cycle uh, and, 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 you know, correlation between prices, wages, prices, wages. So, so my takeaway, and, and the futures market certainly backed this up, it's just really flattening out. So maybe we stay at five and a half cash rates for a year. The current futures market has about 100 basis points of cuts next year from the Fed. I think that's looking unlikely, unless you get a much weaker economy. Mm. And the reason the market's doing so well is the economy's not bad. It's mm. actually holding up quite well. So I think the bond market's telling us one thing, the cash futures are telling us a different story, and then the equity market's ignoring both of them and saying everything's fine. So from an <laughs> asset allocation <laughs> point of view, it's really interesting about how you play this right now. Well, that's a, what my next question was going to be in terms of asset allocation, because the first seven months of this year, you could argue has been, um, well, obviously it's just been tech related, but it's been an AI story, which you know is just as much hope as it is anything else. Yeah. But you know, if we are seeing you know a stronger economy and maybe we don't see a recession anymore in the United States, and maybe you know say higher commodity prices and what have you, mm. Is there a rotation trade in that potentially? Yeah, I think it's interesting in that you don't need to own every stock in the market, right? Mm. So from an asset allocation perspective, I could say, look, I will give you guaranteed 4.4% on your money for the next 30 years, go and buy a US 30-year treasury, and then, but you want exposure to um, energy transition, you want exposure to uh, GLP-1 drugs, you want exposure to AI, you want exposure to, Mm. you know, these other things that are going on, Buy some Eli Lilly, buy some Novo Nordisk, buy some Tesla, buy some Pilbara, you know, so be a bit more selective. But from an asset allocation view, why would you have money in Telstra and, and these sorts of, you know, boring low growth companies when you can get a very, a very stable, almost guaranteed fixed income return that's kind of looking quite attractive? Like the Aussie bank hybrid market's yielding 7%, including franking credit. So that's, I mean, it's not, it's not like cash or anything, it's not super safe, but it's pretty stable kind Mm. of asset class. So why take the risk? Take the risk in the areas that are gonna give you a really high return if they pay out. But in terms of broad asset allocation, I I still think fixed income looks pretty pretty attractive. Yes, well, you're not the only one, actually. Quite a quite a few people mm. are saying that as well. Maybe we could switch back to those stocks that did well this reporting season, the ones you liked, and yeah. also to just it's interesting because you've got a statistic here about 2024 earnings being downgraded or consensus forecasts. Yeah, so the reporting season was 2023 better than we thought or better than feared. 
and 2024 downgrade, mm. like costs going up, not sure if you can pass the higher costs on. So I think we've seen consensus EPS for the Aussie market downgraded by about five or 6% during reporting season for 2024 and 2023 earnings, if anything, probably nudged up a little bit. So quite, a, I mean, MinRes is a good example today. Stocks up 8% because their 2023 numbers were better, but they guide, guided to higher CapEx, which is probably even gonna mean lower 2024 mm. earnings. We'll wait to see what analysts do with that. but. Uh, winners and losers. So I've got the I've got the change in the earnings forecast on one axis. So you can see over in the left hand side, Ramsey Healthcare's had a 30% downgrade to its earnings. So it's been absolutely smashed. And on the upside, you know James Hardy and Origin Energy, tw- more than 20% increase in 2024 mm. earnings. So big upgrades on the right hand side, big downgrades on the left. North to south is the share price move. So Altium mm. hardly any change in earnings revision. So a little bit higher. Mm but a massive move in the share price, mm. over 20%. In fact, I think it was up almost 30% on the day it reported. Mm. And then on the downside is ResMed. So ResMed has been absolutely smashed. It's down over 25%, as is uh, Block. Uh, and yet the earnings for Block actually got increased and the earnings for ResMed only down a little bit. Yeah. Maybe longer term earnings for ResMed have been downgraded, but certainly on this year's earnings. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like, LTM versus ResMed's an almost a 40%, 50% pairs trade with no change to earnings delta. So it's all about sentiment mm. and what was built into the price going forward. Mm. So there's definitely some head scratching that's got to go on amongst fund managers about what do we do about this? Mm. Do we just sit with our LTM and our ResMed or do we do we you know make some adjustments to the position in the portfolio? And ditto with, with James Hardy, it's had a huge increase in earnings, but the share price hasn't moved. I mean, that, that's the stock that, I mean, it's up 60% this year. So a lot of that is probably already baked in. Yeah. But um, it's just interesting to see how the market's responded. On average, we've seen um, you know, lower earnings uh, and obviously the market's down 3 or 4% this month as well. So yeah. that's kind of tracked each other. Martin, I do know that you love a good chart. That one was an absolute ripper. Uh, we'll leave it on that note. Martin Craig from Shore and Partners, thanks for your time. Always a pleasure. Okay, let's get across the leaders and laggards now on the market. A few hits and misses on an earnings front and more. Uh, email payments, what a ripper. <laughs> Up 33%. Was that just in sympathy with Tyra? We get the results out there as well. Mm, let me just have a quick look here. But I mean, from where it's come, I mean, this has just been a pain <laughs> trade extraordinaire to say the least. Uh, yes, they did actually have the results out right. today. So. Obviously, uh, there must have been some good news out of Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a ripping 33% rally there, almost back to a dollar per share. Um, Tyro payments, we've already covered off up by 12.9% uh, for the day's trade. Middle resources, Pilbara is just volatile, of course. I think the lithium stocks more broadly just sort of bounced after uh, coming mm. off quite quite considerably yesterday. So it remains a fairly wild ride there, mm-hmm. although, again, I side of that uh, discussion I had with Sean Hickman earlier on in the day, had some interesting insights around sort of, I guess, time horizons when you're looking to potentially uh, get involved in the lithium space. It's long, probably good value in the short term. Eh, It doesn't look so good. So anyway, do your own research, but but, um, always volatile space there. Uh, Coden, not too sure if there was anything there from uh, the company in terms of uh, driving that share price higher. Anything yeah, that you can they, take away Yeah, uh, they had their results yesterday. Oh, okay, so maybe we can expect a few broken notes to hit our inboxes at some point in the next few days to explain that one. But um, let's get to the laggards now in terms of uh, the larger companies. Yes, Adelaide. Well, the old Adelaide, mm. Brighton, Adbury. Yeah, um, we covered obviously off the news there, but uh, investors not taking to it particularly well. 
off by 14.65%. And Link, its results were yesterday, also mm. fairly disappointing. And uh, I would imagine too, maybe um, a few broker calls being revised there on the company. Um, just some follow through selling. Um, I think that's taking the sell off to maybe 15% over the last few days. I, mm, it's a lot. Um, uh, off, off, off the top of my head also. Uh, Clinavel, uh, also down at 6%. Macmillan Shakespeare, I think actually reported either today or has done in the last few days. A great corp, also an interesting one too. I'm not too sure what that, uh, that might be all about necessarily, uh, but it's off by a fraction below 5%. Um, and just looking here, Coden, Macquarie's upgraded that on the back of the results, which were a 2% uh, beat. So they have upgraded from a neutral to an outperform on that one and a marginal increase in the price target to eight twenty from $8.10. Might explain that one, and uh, it does come back to that kind of common thread this earnings season too that we've spoken so much with so many guests about uh, that results uh, really del- uh, causing sort of an overshooting in, in yeah, share prices. Yeah, absolutely, so, huge volatility. Sort of, I guess, take every move with a pinch of salt, um, maybe. But um, let's get across the small caps leaders and laggards talking about things that have the tendency mm. to overshoot. There you go, ML payments up thirty three percent, and Energy One also up by more than thirty percent. Uh, the laggards, small caps, basically anything, anything noteworthy there. Nothing out of the ordinary necessarily, but um, anything that tickles your fancy? No. No. Okay. Except Melbano. I think that's that's a second day of being sold down that one. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, off by 10%, as you can see there. All right. Uh, let's quickly get across what's on in the next 24 hours. Uh, we do have a speech from RBA Governor-designate Michelle Bullock, although that will be on the effects of climate change Mm -hmm. on on monetary policy effectively. So nothing that I think we could probably take too much from in terms of what life under a Bullock reign might be like. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in the United States, we start to get some interesting data coming through in the next 24 hours. So consumer confidence, but um, the first batch of uh, US jobs figures will start coming through as well, heading into these NFPs. um, And job openings have been so crucial, obviously, Mm -hmm. considering the labor shortages. Uh, and the very tight labor market conditions that the US has been confronting. And I guess, obviously, investors and central bankers alike have been concerned about. Uh, but tomorrow, let's look at what's coming out locally. Uh, Aussie PMI, 11.30, uh, PMI, CPI. CPI. Sorry, yep. it's getting to that time of the day. Uh, CPI, uh, so that's not the quarterly release, obviously, the, uh, the monthly release, but I believe that's expected to come down to about 5.4%, right. if I'm not mistaken, or thereabouts. Don't, don't quote me on that. Building approvals and then some results coming through. Dick data. Flight Centre might be interesting. Indeed. I'm chatting with the CEO tomorrow at about, uh, well, it's a pre-recording, um, so that'll be on tomorrow. And Kelsey and Group also reporting. Yeah, okay. So another busy day. Uh, the fun never stops on Aussies, of course. And it looks like it's uh, the, the fund managers or the investors have been in doing some topping up into that weakness that we've seen in August. So the ASX 200 has actually closed up 50 points at 7,210. How exciting. <laughs> Above that, uh, that round number. 0.71%. And uh, the SIBO 200 uh, doesn't look like that is quite as firm up by half a percent or 7.4 points. But uh, that's what my screen's giving me. The traders or people definitely want to see that 7,200 again. Yeah, you don't have a binary trade open there, just above 7,200 payout or something like that. They can't, <laughs> they don't sell them here anymore. I think they've, they've been banned. Anyway, um, let's wrap things up again. Uh, another positive day in the market, uh, Tuesday in the books. Uh, a lot of content from earnings season as well as uh, some insights from your favorite experts on the website and app. So catch up on everything if you want to. In the meantime, do have a lovely evening. We will see you tomorrow.